if you want to start a podcast and talk about the show, show that you like and you want to discuss, discuss it to everybody, go to Spotify for podcasters and share and then share your experience with them. All you gotta do is just sign up for free, just like um, yeah, and then you you explain your series, explain to them, and share your audience and share your experiences, and then get into the conversation. So like and subscribe, you know, Spotify for podcasters. Spot you just sign up for free, and um, and be creative. You are now listening to Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast where we recap and break down past episodes of Law and Order SVU. You can hear us out on Spotify, Anchor FM, WordPress, or and any other streaming service. And now here's your host, Brian Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Twisted, where I recap episodes of Law & Order SVU. Yeah, this is me. This is Big Brian. And, you know, it's like um, Brian Rose. So, how was your weekend? Man, I know I missed out on the v- v- MTV video-, video Music Awards. But actually, you know, I mean, I'm I'm too old to watch these MTV Movie Awards shows because they got these stupid-ass artists out here. I mean... Taylor Swift. Let me tell you something. I don't like Taylor Swift. All right. I don't know. She's too white. Uh, anyway, why would I? Why would I go watch the VMAs? I mean, these celebrities pledging their allegiance to thinking they don't. They ain't thinking God. They thinking Satan. But I ain't. I mean, video back in the days, the video music wars used to be fun. I remember when uh, Madonna came on the stage on the first MTV Video Music Awards and she, she was wearing a wedding dress and she was bumping and grinding on the damn floor. <laughs> you remember that? But anyway, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't want, I don't want, I'm just, just sick and tired of watching these award shows. I mean, there's just these artists right there. They just like brainwashed. I don't want to get into that though. Anyway, um, I haven't spoken on it last week because maybe I forgot because, you know, uh, since for the past few weeks, so we lost some famous people out here, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, I mean, um, we'll have an Angus Cloud from Euphoria. He, pa- he passed away unexpectedly at the age of 25. And it was a shock because, um, you know, they, they're not shooting season three of Euphoria, so there there was no suicide, but I mean I, I understand that the actor lost his father and he's trying to grieve and then I don't know, they they say it was a suicide, but maybe he was taking some poisonous drugs and that killed him. I mean, yo that was a shock though. I mean, he was only twenty five years old and he just did two seasons of Euphoria and they were planning to to film season three this year, but the writer the writer strike messed everything that up though. And yo, check this out. And on the same day, Pee Wee Herman had died. Oh man, I used to love this movie called I I love this movie what he did called Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And you know, Pee Wee's trying to look for his bike because someone stole his bike. And it was it was a fun movie. It was a good movie. I mean, I liked it though. And uh, I remember that came out in 80, then well, Pee Wee's Big Adventure came out back in 1985. And then and then a year later, though, he he started in Pee Wee's Playhouse on CBS. And I used to watch that show, Pee Wee's Playhouse. I mean, I grew I grew up watching Pee Wee's Pee Wee's Playhouse. Remember, you know, we had to scream, um, scream, if you know, they, they get, when you get, we gave out the secret word. And then we, when they say the secret word, you had to scream real loud, like, hey, look, or stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Say, yo, people going crazy. Like, dang, they, ah, ah, ah. anyway, though. But, I mean, um, 
I remember they used to um, CBS used to run Pee Wee's Playhouse back in the days, and then when P and then Pee Wee Pee Wee got busted in the um, porn theater, they they took Pee Wee's Playhouse off the schedule permanently. I mean that they and that his reputation was ruined though, but. He going around his thing. He does he Paul rumors. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, I mean he did his thing, man. I mean Pee Wee's big adventure was funny though. You know, I mean that's crazy. And if you check this out though, I just found out that the um, the former Price is Right, the former Price is Right host Bob Barker, Bob Barker, he passed away recently. Damn, he was like oh he was almost a hundred years old. I mean he. He died the same age just as Betty White, which is ninety nine years old, and he hosted he he hosted the Price is Right for thirty five years until his retirement in two thousand seven, and then next thing you know, Drew Drew Carey took over his spot, and I remember he Bob Barker he was he did like a cameo appearance in with with Adam Sandler in the movie, I think Happy Gilmore. And they was fighting and all that stuff, but hey, I mean, they they do. Bob Barker was a legend, man. I mean, shoot, it's crazy. So he was like ninety nine. Rest, R.I.P. Bob Barker. So let's get into the episode. All right, um, this is Law and Order SBU season six, episode two, depth. And it, aired on, and it aired on NBC on September 28th of 2004. And this episode is written by Amanda Green. And it's directed by David Platt. All right. So um, we we inside the apartment building. We're in the stairway. And you got the landlady, though. She, she, um, oh, she, she, she um, has two police officers come up to this apartment. It's owned by... This girl named um, who you say is Jawu. So turns out that um, she is, she hasn't been in the apartment for days, and they can hear the baby crying and all that stuff though. So, so you know the landlady though, she um brings up two police officers to Jawu's apartment, and um they hear the baby crying in in the apartment. So the police bust in through the doors. I think a landlady comes in. They um they go to they um they hear the cries from the closet and they open it up though they found two Chinese children inside the closet and you know that um one of you and they, you know the two girls ones there were two girls I mean one of the girls was crying so we're later on we have to later on Benson Stabler arrive at the apartment with Doctor Wong with there. So the police officer informs the detectives that uh, two girls' names were Susie and Hannah. Susie's a little baby. And Hannah's like uh, maybe like um, four, five, six years old. So Doctor Wong talks to Hannah, right? So um, yeah, you know that's like the um, the baby's oldest the oldest sister. So, and, uh, you know, so, however, the Hannah speaks in a Chinese language. So Dr. Wong's there as the interpreter, something like that, though. So Dr. Wong talks to Hannah and they're speaking in Chinese language. And however, though, um, Dr. Wong informs Benson Stabler that um, Hannah was pointing to that clock where they had the red circles on the three, six and nine. And it turns out, though, though that's that's that's. That was the time just to feed the baby and stuff like that, though. So, Hannah says that the, their mother's been missing for a long time and stuff like that, though. So, um, Stabler checks the formula, and he he and Stabler he discovers that the formulas were all the baby formulas were empty, and he was eating. And he replied, according to the formula, the, their mother their mother has been gone for a week. Mm-mm-mm. And then next thing you know, we go through the opening credits. And then we have the squad room right now in the precinct, right? And it turns out that um their their, their mother's name was Ja Wu and she's an illegal she she's a an an illegal immigrant. 
So Craig and Saga Disabler, they found out that Ja Woo's is an illegal immigrant and probably a husband's probably out of the picture, probably left the family and stuff like that. And then they couldn't get no records on her and stuff like that, though. So never been to jail. I mean, husband out of the picture. I don't know what's going on and all that, that stuff. So so we go to, um, they do a walk and talk and then it leads them to the children's room at the precinct. And Dr. Wong is in there talking to Hannah. So, however, though, um, Dr. Wong is having a conversation with Hannah, and then they speak in Chinese and stuff like that, though. So, and it turns out that the Hannah says that um, Ja Wu has a friend named Miss Petty, and then she works at the market next door. So, we're at this um, market, you know, the store, and Benson Stabler is talking to Mrs. Petty, and... Um, she, uh, they also met, they also, they told her that John Woo was missing, and then, um, that, um, they also mentioned that John Woo was dating somebody, and Mrs. Petty tells him that, um, she, uh, she, she, <clears throat> you know, it turns out that John Woo met a man, met a man, a rich white dude, and it turns out that, um, she met this guy through a dating service called Golden Happiness, so, we're at Golden Happiness right now, and um, turns out that the Ja Rule met a rich white guy, and then he goes to the computer, and um, he try he's trying to find out um, find out who one of the clients is and stuff like that, though. So, so it turns out they tell that Ja Rule was missing, and then it turns out that, that they were looking for they were looking for the, some girl, some some guy she married. So he goes to the computer and checks the. The information, and it turns out um, the guy turns out to be Howard Kendall. Oh, that's the dude, right? So we're at the um, we're at the law firm of McMaster Kennedy Berenger, and speaking about law firms, uh, and speaking of law firms, though, I mean, turns out that um, they just did a Benson Stabler did a background check on um, Howard Kendall. And it turns out that he had prior arrest for assault, DUI, and resisting arrest. And they say was like, maybe, maybe um he figured he figured that how that Howard got mad to dis- if discovered that um, Jawu was um hey, Jawu Jawu is for money something like that. I don't know what it is though. Maybe he was um maybe how he got mad after discovering the. Tr- the truth about Ja Wu or something like that or something like that. So, so Benson Stabler, though, they meet uh, Howie and he's a mail clerk at a law firm. Now, I used to be a mail clerk at a law firm, all right? I worked there at the law firm for like 15 years. I was a outdoor messenger and at first and then I was promoted to indoor messenger. Then I was promoted to uh, like a mail room. Then... I became like a mail clerk slash lawyer, and I had that job for 15 years. But all of a sudden, you know, I, I was promoted, and then I got demoted. Cause I'm telling you, these people over there, they be acting like assholes, and they even got me into trouble. But don't tell anybody. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I mean, I want I me. Mean, sometimes, you know, I found what I found out about the working for a law firm is that it's like a job leading me to nowhere. Cause I wanted to do something like I want to be a screenwriter or a filmmaker hmm. that didn't happen you know but i've been i've been writing scripts so it's no big deal something like that so anyway anyway so back to the story right so benson and sabler talked to howard uh, howie something like that though and they know that he has a prior arrest prior arrest and then sabler falls that he lost his temper until he found out job Wu was like using him i don't know what it is though so it turns out they at first they thought Hollywood was working some some like a rich white dude who owns a place or something like that, but he was nothing but a mail clerk. So they talked to Howie in the, somewhere in the they're they in the hallway, so they took Howie to this um mail room in the hallway and then however the Howie tells them that um he used to date Jiao Wu and then they married, something like that. And then what happened? She dumped him because she, she I when she found out that he was a mail clerk. <laughs> oh my goodness so oh my goodness so you know what happened next week it turns out that um 
I don't can't believe she dumped Howie because she found out he was a mail clerk instead of like owning a company or something like that though. And and then Stabler thinks that that that, that Howie assaulted Zhao or something like that, lost his temper or something like that though. But yeah, yeah, well, okay. Um, he Howard admitted that he shoved her a couple of times, but you know he's not like into that brutal stuff like that. And he and he tells um Bessie Sabler that uh, Jawu called him one day saying that she left her purse, and he he told her to come up to his place and get it, but she never showed up. And check this out: he has the purse and stuff like that in in it with him. Took it out of the drawer, stuff like that. So. Turns out that they better see able to look at the purse. It's red. It looked like um, expensive and um, like Prada, Hermes, Hermes, something like that. And Sable was like, "We'll go check. We'll, we'll go check with the counterfeit squad to see about that purse." So we're at the counterfeit counterfeit squad right now. This little white dude with gray hair is talking to them. They says that um, he checked the purses out and he noticed something about the way it was designed. He tells him he tells him it's probably come from some kinds of sweatshops downtown, but he also tells him that since after 9/11 they were focusing on the fake DVDs. They also he also mentions about Osama bin Laden and maybe like two thousand copies of The Lion King or whatever or something like that though. So, the, uh, oh my goodness, and he knows that he knows that that bag was probably being made at a sweatshop in Chinatown. And somehow, you know, these these um people though, they probably sell it out in the streets. So we're at Chinatown right now, and Benson pretends to be a customer. And check um Benson out. She's wearing a pink dress and her hair's a little slicked back and stuff like that. You can show her ears and stuff like so um you know the guy who works there comes up to her, tells him that I got you got paid Kate Spade, forty dollars. And Kate Spade, um, she was like a fashion designer, something like that, and made the bags, stuff like that. And uh, she passed away a few years ago. I mean, she, she committed suicide. Man, I don't know that woman. That woman probably got demons inside of her. So, anyway, so, so the guy who works there was trying to sell her a Kate Spade bag for forty dollars, and Benson. Who's pretending to be a customer? She she tells him that she's interested in Prada, Barango, and she also mentioned a Hermes bag. So he shows her the bag and all that stuff. And um, next thing you know is that um, and, and then um, the bag is fake and all that stuff. So so, however though, they know that the bag is fake. So they try to. So guess what? They arrest the dude for. Um, counterfeit bags and stuff like that. I mean, Stable comes up and arrests this guy who works at the store selling counterfeit bags. So, turns out that, that um, the guy was like, hey, I'm not responsible for something like that, though. And he tells him that um, there was this sweat, there was this, like, a uh, sweatshop somewhere in the city. So, we're at the sweatshop right now, and, you know, the Benson Stabler and a couple cops bust in, and um, it's Cosby Chinese. So, they're looking for Ja. They're looking for Ja Rule. So, and and, uh, and the police officer who is Chinese, he interprets. Inter, 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 he's like an interpreter speaking Chinese, something like that. So, we're trying to find. They're trying to find. They're trying to find Ja Rule who works at the sweatshop. So, one of the workers at the sweatshop is talks to the detectives, and um, Benson and Stabler tells her. That um, Zhao has a sister. They just how they found out that Zhao has a sister. I mean, this is the thir- first time I'm hearing this. So Benson Stabler discovered that Zhao Wu has a sister. So they ask her where Zhao Wu's sister is, and the worker tells him that she works at this um, laundry place. So Benson Stabler tracked down Zhao's sister. So they talking to the manager and stuff like that. And he shows them to his sister, Lee Mei Wu. And check this out. It's played by none other than the former E.R. alum, Ming Na. How long has Joe been gone? Well, we think about a week. Oh, this is uh, all a mistake. 
You'll see. Hannah feeds the baby like she's had a lot of practice. Does your sister leave them alone when she goes to work? No, no, n never. Jao takes them to a babysitter, a woman who works night at the factory. She, she lost the girl. She's a good mother. When was the last time you talked to her? About two weeks ago. Uh, we, we had a fight. About what? About money. She wanted to borrow some, and I said no. You know why she wanted the money? For her wedding. Alright, though, that happens to be a main, that's Ming Na. Her, her, her full name is Ming Na Wen. And she appeared on um, ER from 1995 to 2004. So that's like like eight, nine seasons or whatever, though. And she also appeared in the Star Wars series of Mylon Dorian, the Book of Boba Fett. And before that, though, she starred in um, Nick Fury, Ages of, Nick, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. And um, she was born in uh, Portuguese, something like that, somewhere in China. I forgot. It's like Portuguese portion. I don't know what it is, though. So she plays um, uh, she plays this um, Zhao's ja, ja, sister, Li Mai Wu. Is Li Mai Wu or Li Mai Wu? Or Lo Mein, Chicken Lo Mein, something like that. Or is Li Mai? Oh, well, anyway. So, they tell, they tell her that um, the child's, um, child's children are in foster care, and somehow it turns out that um, Lee Mai tells them that um, they, they, they with the babysitter and all that stuff, though. But they tell her that her sister has been missing and all that stuff, though. So, they try to figure out what happened. And she tells them that, so... Lemai tells them that she and her sister and her sister had a fight about a couple of weeks ago. There was fighting over money, and she said that she wanted to get like a wedding dress. Turns out though, she was gonna marry How Howard with a wedding dress, but it turns out she called it off because she discovered that Howard was a male clerk. He wasn't making, he wasn't running a law law firm or something like some shit like that though. So. Benson Stabler tells her that they um they spoke to the the, the sisters Joe and all that stuff and Lee Mai tells them that uh, they're not supposed to be talking to the police and she tells them that she'll talk to um, Hannah. So in the next scene, we're at um somewhere at the foster care place though, and Hannah's talking to um, Lee Mai. So that's that's you know that's Lee Mai niece Hannah. So you know Hannah tells um, her aunt that about in Chinese and stuff like that though, and um, Lee Mai tells the detectives that she don't she don't know anything. Wong comes in from another room and tells her and tells them that she's lying, and she also mentions that um, yeah that uh, that uh, Zhao. Has an eldest is discovered that Zhao has an eldest daughter. Her name is um, her name is Ping, right? They said they had some. They owe the man like fifty thousand dollars, or she dies. Oh, Li Mai says that her sister um owes fifty grand to get the, her eldest daughter Ping, or she dies. Oh, so it turns out that Zhao has um a, has another daughter, and that's the eldest daughter, and her name is Ping. And somehow he knows that um that 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 that, that, that and then and then that's how Zhao owes these people five fifty grand, or she dies. That's crazy, something like that though. So we're at the this precinct right now, and um. Li Mai is being um, taught, interrogated by Stabler, and over Stabler asks her where is Ping now, and she doesn't even know she doesn't even know where Ping is though, but she knows that she's been brought here to the United States. So, however, though she also mentions about these um, snake heads and stuff like that though, and they say that um, Zhao owes them fifty grand, fifty thousand dollars. In exchange to get ping, or else they threaten if she dies. So, 
However, though, it's like, um, you know, it's like Limai doesn't even know where Ping is, especially in other words, though. However, though, outside the interrogation room, Dr. Wong and, and Boss Craig is watching and hearing the situation, though. And Dr. Wong tells Craig that they use, they, they be intimidating them and all that stuff and all that nonsense, stuff like that. So Sabler comes in the room, coming from the interrogation. Sabler says that, Dr. no, no, no. Dr. Wong says that he won't handle, handle the investigation. And Craig tells him, nah, that's not that's impossible. People go to discover that you're a cop. Stabler comes in. He tells him, "I'll do it. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be pretending to be like Lee May's man and all that stuff." But, however, though, Craig doesn't even like the idea that he was sending because it's dangerous. But check this out. Lee Mai said that she will do it. Oh, she sees she Lee Mai will step up and help in, to to find her sister. And Craig tells her, um, "That's okay. You know, I mean, you, you're gonna get killed. I mean, that's that's not gonna be that's gonna be a big rest. You can't be doing this. I can't." And then Lee Myers, Lee Myers was like, "I'm competent enough to do this, and that's my sister. I will do anything to get her back." Anyway, you know, after that, you know, when Lee Myers leaves, Craig tells Stabler that. Yeah, he'll get the okay with this, you know. Yeah, I mean, he tells him he he tells him that he could go. Sable tells him that he will go over, he will go undercover pretending to be Lee May's man or his husband or whatever. I'm just gonna get some like information and all that stuff though. And Craigan tells him, if, if if the shit hits the fan, I'm pulling you off. Okay, so now next scene right there, we're at the um, Buddhist temple, something like that though. And um, Hiko Lee Mai comes in with Stabler, who is uh, pretending to be her husband, stuff like that. And he, he talked to Mr. Shang. Now, I recognize this actor from somewhere, right? I forgot his name, but he appeared in the movies like um, Lethal Weapon 4, then uh, Cor- The Corruptor with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Chow Young Fat. I wonder what happened to Chow Young Fat. Did he get fat and bloated? <laughs> did he get fat like the Michigan Michelin man? <laughs> did Chow Chow Young fat? Did he get fat like um? Anyway, I don't know what it is though. But <laughs> anyway, so this actor playing Mr. Zhang, right? He been in a, a few movies, movies like I mentioned. You know, oh, he also appeared in the movie Who's the Man with Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. Do you do you remember them, the Dr. Dre and Ed Lover? They were the MTV, they were on your MTV raps and stuff like that, though. And um, anyway, I forgot his name, but he's been in a lot of stuff. So he plays Mr. Zhang, and he doesn't approve Lee Mai that he brought his um, little, um, he brought Stabler in. Because Stabler is going undercover to, undercover to pretend to be her husband and all that stuff, though. So Lee Mai, Lee Mai approaches Mr. Zhang. And ask him about her sister and stuff like that, though. So he says that he says that he, he she he tells her that she showed up here a couple weeks ago and stuff like that for. Her. So he also mentions about the um, INS and all the detention center. So as soon as they finish the conversation with Mrs. Zhang, Lee might Lee might Lee might tell Sabler that they're gonna go check the INS detention center. So. Anyway, you know, Stabler tells her, yeah, you got to take it easy and stuff like that, though. I mean, we're just going to go investigate. I don't want you to jump the gun and all that stuff like that, though. And Lee Mai knows that um, Ping is probably there or stuff like that, though. So they're going to go and check, though. So we now check this out. Now, we're at the Immigration and Customs, and um, Bess and Stabler talk to this guy right here. And this employee tells him that Ping came here in America when she was 15, 15 years old and turns out that that um, she was um, she was brought from China and she went she uh, she took a boat ride to the Caribbean and took the flight here to uh, Miami and the United States and all that stuff though and next thing you know the ping was caught with um, fake papers asylum papers and all that stuff though and somehow she and then Ping was in the detention center, and then she got posted bail by this person named Winnie Chan. 
So they want to find out who is Mr. Woody Chang is, though. So he doesn't know, but the worker tells him that he did. They, they con- he's going to contact the Ping's lawyer who bailed her out for some asylum claim. So, and that guy turns out to be Mr. Baker. So we're at the office of Mr. Baker, and um, he, you know, Mr. Baker knows he found he's done his job and stuff like that, though. And he found out that the address and his relatives are fakes. And, um, and you know, it's Winnie Chan and all that stuff. They're both fake, so. And Mr. Baker also said that that Ping called Mr. Baker herself. It, it, you know, you know, Mr. Baker is like this little this little lawyer attorney who'll be helping, who'll be bringing people out, bringing people out, bringing people out for asylum and stuff like that, though. So we're back at the precinct right now. It's nighttime, and you know, Lee Mai is there. Best in the shape, singlers show up, and Lee Mai asks him that they find their sister yet. And um, Sabler tells her there's no use. We did everything we could, though. And so Sabler tells um, Lee Mai that she has to show up to the family court tomorrow morning to get um, the kids, you know, Giles' kids, Hannah and the baby, and stuff like that, though. And Sabler's like, you got to show up at family court tomorrow at 9 a.m. Be there. Now I sound, now I sound like finding some happy days. So we at family court right now, and it's almost 10 o'clock in the morning, and Lee Mai has not showed up. Oh my goodness. So Benson and Stabler, though, they gotta go out and find Lee Mai. So they figured that she's probably at her job. So we're at Lee, Lee Mai's uh, workplace at the laundromat. You know, the manager, the supervisor says that Lee Mai worked here last night. And then all of a sudden, she remembers that a man named Tommy came by to see her over, see her over money. So Sable's like, don't play me with me. I want you to know what happened with that, that Lee Mai and Tommy and all that stuff, though. So the supervisor tells him that she went out the back door. So Sable goes out the back door and, um, and he goes down the stairs. He goes to the alley. And you oh, check this out. He finds Lee Mai, Lee Mai, Lee Mai, Lee Mai beating, and her nose is all bloody and shit, stuff like that. So it turns out that um, Tommy got her. He 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 beat her ass up though. So Sabler calls in the bus, saying, "Person down, victim down." Yo, my goodness, that is crazy shit going on around here. I, mean, I can't believe it though. I mean, that's something bad that happened over there. Something had, I don't believe this though. So, anyway, we're at the hospital right now. Stabler's there, and Benson shows up and asks um, her, Stabler, how she's doing. And I don't know, they, they tell, he tells her what happened that she was found beaten in an alley at her job, workplace. So, when they go to the hospital room and they try to talk with Lee May, Lee May refuses to talk. And, but she tells him, that Zhao is dead. And she also tells him, and she tells Stabler to stay out of this investigation, stay out of this case, because you're in great danger. And she also tells him that Zhao's death is her death, too. It turns out that Zhao failed to pay in the money and all this stuff, though. So, Stabler tells him, tells Lee, that we're not going anywhere. We're going to get you out of this. You're gonna be you're gonna make sure you're gonna be safe and all that stuff though. So Limai tells Stabler that the kids need some protection. And Stabler tells him, Don't worry. I won't let, let anything happen to you. So we're at the administration children's services. You know, um, um the kids are being escorted out of the house. Finn is there, he bringing um Limai's leases out of the house. And um and then the next thing you know, Sabler and Lee Mai have a talk, and she doesn't want him to get involved in the investigation, and she's worried about the kids and all that stuff, though. And somehow they also worry about paying it also. So Sabler tells Lee Mai to come with him. So we're at the moor right now, and Sabler brings him Lee Mai over to see bodies of all the dead women, and they were being exploited. And in other words, there are a bunch of Jane Doe's around here, though. 
And he tells us that one girl's pimp out and all that stuff in there, and one girl's that use, abuse, and all that stuff, though. And it's crazy. They be like prostitutes, hookers, and all that stuff. And Lee May was like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, I, I, okay, I'll help you. And Lee might, uh, Lee might originally tell Sabler that she doesn't need her help. So Lee might tell Sabler that the snake heads are having a meeting at a restaurant later on this afternoon. So we're at this restaurant. Dr. Wong is there. And you know the SVU squad is doing a skate stakeout. And Dr. Wong's at the restaurant. And Ben's, and you know, uh, the detectives are in their cars. So Lee Mai, Lee Mai shows up, right? With the with, with the money in her envelope. And she meets this Chinese dude in a red leather jacket. And that guy in the red leather jacket, it turns out to be Tommy, right? So she gives him the money. And next thing you know, the Tommy, in other words, he leaves the restaurant. So Dr. Wong follows him. He calls his colleagues, you know, that um, the guy's on the move. So Dr. Wong and the SVU track the guy. He's going to the pool hall, right? And to meet with this dude, right? And he makes a handout to this Chinese dude in a suit and tie. Look at him. This this guy looked like he's coming from like um, one of them little... Uh, like um, GQ magazine and something like that. Look at it. They got long hair. This guy looked like one of the villains from X-Men Oranges or whatever. I don't know what it is, though. So, so next thing you know is that Dr. Wong comes in. He witnesses the situation. And he calls his people from the wrist of his hand, tell him, it's a go, it's a go, it's a go. Now, then the investors stabler are barging with the other police, telling me under arrest. And then the next thing you know, Tommy is arrested. And then Saber approaches the dude with the suit and the tie. He asks him, ask him, um, wait, 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 what's, what's your name? And he don't even say nothing. So Sabler takes out the money. And he takes out some wallet or something, something like that. And he's like, you Ricky Yao, right? So the guy in the suit turns out to be Ricky Yao. So he, they, he arrests him for extortion and everything like that. So... We're at the precinct right now, and next thing you know is um, Ricky is being interrogated by Benson while Tommy is being interrogated by Stabler. So next thing you know, Ricky's trying to flirt with Benson, saying treat you know, treat off with the coffee and stuff like that, though. But they know that they know that he's responsible for um, yeah, for um, yeah, being up um, Lee May. And they want to find out where Jao is at, though. And, you know, he's not being saying anything like that, though. So, next thing you know is that the Ricky, uh, Stabler is talking to Ricky, and he tells him you got to be a man, something like that. You know, he tells him that a woman, a woman, Ping is, Ping is missing, and Jao is, Jao Wu is missing. And you got to help us. Help me. Help me out here. You know what I'm saying? Be a man. Sabler knows that he that um, he's working for Ricky Yao and um, and then however though Ricky Yao Yao and then you know, Tommy stands up tells Sabler that um, I didn't want this to happen anything like like that though and he didn't even do anything somehow Sabler knows that that um, he's protecting Ricky Yao because he has something to do with Ja Wu disappearance and. Beating um and probably her possibly murder stuff like that though, so Tommy's like going down for the murder of Ja Wu, so they're trying to figure out where she is. So Tommy tells found out about Ja Ja Wu's death, and because Ricky told called him to bring a shovel, and Tommy tells Slaver that the that the, that um. The, 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 where um, Jao died is at this whorehouse in Queens. So we're at this house in Queens. It turns out that the place has been cleared, cleared out and stuff like that. You know, and and then somehow it's like um. And the next thing you know is a hollering, right? You know, um, he right there. He tells them, "Sable, come over here." And they found something that was buried underneath the tree. It's a box. When you look inside the box, though, they find a dead cat inside of it, though. So, 
one of the neighbors is witnessing about this saying, people die for a dead cat. So Sable asked the neighbor, you seen anything going around around here about the house and stuff like that? And the neighbor says that that um, she witnessed that there was being exchanged. She was were being let out of the house and went back to China. And, um, and then they also, he and Sable also mentions about the garage. And the neighbor tells him that they um, did or repaved the garage sometime about last week. So we're at the garage right now. And they, they're digging through the floor and stuff like that, though. And then, then they see some bag and some... Uh, some bag in there so they opened up a bag and yo it's Jawu. she's found dead and buried in the damn garage so what happened was that the, um turns out that um R- ricky yao set up this whorehouse over there in flushing queens and shit like that though and uh, he used um the girls as prostitutes. In other words, though, he was having some kind of a brothel. They probably disguised it as a massage parlor or something like that, though. Hey, I'm just saying, though, I'm not going to be no snitch or anything like that, though. Now, 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 and somehow, you know, they probably buried Chao Wu. I mean, that was, is crazy, though. So, we're at the morgue right now, and Lee, Ma, Lee May... Limai identifies um, her sister's body. And it's official. She knows that Jawu is dead. And Ricky already got her and all that stuff, though. So Sable tells um, Limai that they have to find Ping before it's too late. So we're at the interrogation room. And Ricky is there with his lawyer. And Novak is there. And they tell her that they found um, they found Jawu's body and stuff like that, though. And Ricky tells him it's probably he blames it on Mrs. Chang because she owns the house and all this stuff, though. And Novak was like, don't give me that bullshit, though. You murdered Jow and stuff like that, so you're going to be going locked up, getting 25 of life for murder and stuff like that, though. And then, yeah, and then you know, and next thing you know is that um, Ricky, then Ricky goes off saying, I know you're looking for, for the pain. And that, got, that gets Stable's attention. He probably, Sable probably knows that Ricky did something to Ping, too. Oh, my goodness. How the hell did uh, Ricky knows that? I mean, is he like a psychic? Is, is he like Professor X, or he's like the devil? He knows that um, Ricky is a, uh, Ricky is, he knows, Ricky knows that the cops are looking for Ping and stuff like that, though. Oh, man. He probably got something to do with that shit, something like that, though. And Next thing you know is that the Novak tells Abler that he's done with um, Ricky Yao. He's gonna go to he's gonna go to court, be processed, and get locked up, and all that stuff. Though, so after that, um, Finn arrives, and Finn tells Stabler that the police shut down. Finn arrives and tells Benson Stabler that police shut down a a, a a whorehouse with Chinese hookers and all that stuff. Though, and most of the Chinese and it's owned by Rick. Ricky Yao. So it turns out that most of the Chinese hookers are seeking deep are at the detention center seeking deportation. So they're gonna see if they get Sable says they gotta get a chance to talk to one of them Ricky's hoes or something like that though. So we're at the detention center and this hooker who's like, yo, yo, she said uh she tells them that she wants she had, she tells them what's going on and stuff like that, and she's waiting to be deported and stuff like that though. So, Stabler shows um, this hooker the picture of Ping, and she says that she's seen her. As she's seen her, she's one of Ricky's girls, and then he be having her throwing parties and shit like that. So, and next you know, Hooker says that she's going to be where, where waiting as you wait for a lawyer. And Stabler's like, no problem. I'm going to get Mr. Baker to, deal, to, to, to take care of you. And then the hooker says, Baker? That that's something and that's that's something that you sent me to Ricky Yo. Oh, ho, 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 ho. So this damn this, this game of Roger, he has connections to Ricky Yao. So oh my goodness. It turns out that he freed the girls and sent them to Ricky Yao when saying when they don't even have the money. Shit. So we're at the jail right now, and Dr. Wong is this goes undercover as um relative of the 
something like that. He brings Roger Baker to Lee Mai, who who was pretending to be some kind of a prisoner or stuff like that, though. So, next thing you know is that um, Wong, Dr. Wong in Undercover tells Mr. Baker that um, she just came in from China and stuff like that, and then she's looking for work, and but she doesn't even have the money. So, Roger Baker was like, don't worry, um, I'm, I'll take care of you. I'm going to get a bail you out and then stuff like that. And then Lee Mai, who was going to cover, says that she'll do anything and all that stuff, though. And and the next thing you know is that Mr. Baker tries to bring her out, and she gives him Ricky Yao's card. Stabler comes in and busts Roger Baker. So we are back at the precinct right now, and um, and he, Mr. Roger, Roger's being interrogated by Baker and stuff like that, though. And Baker tells him, you're a pimp, man. You're a murderer. And, and then Mr. Baker was like, I didn't have that girl quilled or anything like that. Come on, it ain't my problem or something like that, though. Sable was, was like, you got a house in the Hamptons, a boat and everything like that, though. And you, you're trying to um, use um, use the girls as sex aids for Ricky Yao or something like that. you nothing but pimp and a murderer, right? And Mr. Baker says that um, yeah, they didn't do anything. Is that um, Mr. Baker admitted that she sent Payne to a brothel work for Ricky Yao or something like that, though. So... So Sable asked him, where is where where is she right now? I don't got time. Where is Ping right now? And um she and then you know Baker tells him that she's at this place at Costco Street or weather. You, you mean we talking about Costco, you know, the supermarket supermarket where they had bulky things and stuff like that? And food and household appliances and shit like that? Hmm. I don't know. Sable's trying to get out of the interrogation room to go find Ping. Meanwhile, at the courthouse, Ricky is there in the courthouse, and it turns out that um, the judge don't have time for this. So the judge decides to let Ricky go and try to drop the charges against Ricky Yao. And then Novak goes, he sees a man going out of the courtroom and all that stuff, trying to go call somebody. So Novak tracks him down. Meanwhile, Benson and Stable arrive at this little whorehouse, and they go in. They go, they go in trying to find, um, try to try to find Ping. They bust down the door to try to find Ping. We go back to the courthouse, though. Novak catches up with the guy who was on the phone, and he quickly gets off and tells Novak, "Too late." Next thing you know is that police bust in the room and they find Ping, and she's being held at gunpoint with this asshole in the yellow shirt, though. And then he was like, and the guy was like, "No, no, 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 no we walking out of here or she dies." Next thing you know, Stabler barges in with a gun and shoots this, this shoots this guy down, shoots him in the head. He goes down. He dies. And then they finally rescue Payne. And we outside back in the street. And Stabler brings Payne to um, Ja Wu. And everything will be all right. And they might. Ping, no, not Ja Wu. Excuse me. Stabler brings Payne out to the street. And she he reunites her with um, Lee Mai, and Stable tells him that everything's gonna be all right. And Lee Mai says thank you, and she goes into the ambulance. You know, buys with her or buys with the niece. Uh, I think it was Lee Mai, something like that. Though Lee Mai rides with her niece, Ping, and they go off. Stable watches, and they both watch, and and then the episode that was that was a crazy ass episode. Okay, let me give you some notes right there. So, you know, Munch does not appear in this episode. I don't know what he's doing. He's doing some Santa comedy shit like that, though. And, you know, Dr. Warner does not appear in this episode. So, and yeah, mostly, most of the time, you know, it's just, um, he only got, like, one death so far. I mean, that's, but it's, it's a crazy episode. I mean, yo. Ah oh, man, that's all I know, stuff like that though. So anyway, you know, we dealing with Chinatown, stuff like that though. So hey, 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 you know, we making them make money. So now, I just want to say, did y'all watch the VMAs last night? No, 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 it wasn't. No, that was last week. That was excuse me, last week though. I'm not an awards fan, or anything like that though. So anyway, so yo, check this out, yo. Oh man, oh, man, oh, man. 
I heard that Drew Barrymore was going to resume her talk show during the the SS the writers strike and the actors strike. You know, like the you know the WGA and the SAG AFTRA, something like that, some shit like that though. And she's receiving a lot of backlash, and I think people they were protesting outside the building where she was taping her taping her studio. And I have a feeling they might be calling her a hypocrite because she supports um, writers after strike, and she going around claiming that she want to have a human experience, and then she's not gonna be promoting any film and television stuff like that. Though, so you want she want to talk about real life and shit like that. But, however, though she came to her sister saying that she's gonna pause the taping of, of her talk show because reality probably sunk in though. And I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, 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 I have a feeling that I was a call Drew Barrymore a hypocrite for that. I mean, she want to resume production during the damn strike and stuff like that. Like, herself. Like, she want to be brave. But, hey, I'm telling you, Hollywood is finished. Because, A, artificial intelligence is going to be taking over the damn industry. And that's not so good. Everything's going to be like a setup. I mean, I'm against artificial intelligence. I mean, that's going to hurt the actors more. And then it's just, say, I'm telling you, I mean, these are people, they just doing, what they doing is just straight up evil. You know what I'm saying? So, please. I mean, anyway, I mean, like they say, Hollywood is finished. Babylon is finished. So, anyway, though, I'm going to go right now. And I want you to thank you for listening in. And I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So, Twisted, you can hear us from on Spotify, Spotify for Podcasters, Jetpack, as it's formerly WordPress, Google Podcast. And I have like another podcasting coming in at me, though. But um, hopefully, I'm going to find out what it is. So, like and subscribe, leave your comments, and tell me what you think about this episode. I'll be, and I'll be, like I said, I'll be back next week at a, with a brand new episode and twisted is on Spotify. Uh, twisted, a law and order SVU podcast is on Spotify. So like, and subscribe, like it is Brian, Brian Rose. I'm out.